0: Welcome to Bible Study. This is Nick Rita, your host. Thank you for tuning in. We would love to have you with us today and please stay for this hour because uh, we are going to look at a very interesting um, topic, very interesting Bible study today, a city called Confusion. I'd like to welcome our panel for today. It's good to have you with us, uh, Len. Yes. Hello, listeners. Brenton, thank you for joining us too.
1: Yes, it's uh, nice to uh, be on air again uh, with you all. Denise,
0: thank you for being part of this.
2: Thank you, Nick. I'm really looking forward to this topic today.
0: Ken, thank you for coming along. Always a privilege to be here, Nick. Joe, it's good to have you part of this too.
3: Thank you, Nick.
0: Looking forward to it. Elijah, it's good to have you also part of the panel.
3: Yeah, I'm very glad, praise the Lord, being part again of the Bible study group.
0: And Jerry, it's good to have you uh, with us today. Thank you, Nick. Looking forward to this study. And I'd like to thank you, Jerry, for um, putting this uh, study together. And um, we're looking forward, as I said, for this very interesting um, discussion today. It's an interesting topic we we have today. And um, would you be able to take us through, please?
4: Sure. This week's discussion contrasts two religious systems, each depicted by the symbol of a woman. The first woman, mentioned in Revelation 12, is clothed in white, whereas the second woman, mentioned in Revelation 17, is arrayed in or clothed in scarlet. The contrast reveals the difference between these two systems. The first system is based on the word of God, with Jesus Christ at its centre. The second system is based on human reasoning, with human religious leaders at its centre. The contrast is between truth and error, between salvation by grace or salvation by works, between obedience to God's commands or submission to human decrees. We'll also identify two characteristics of spiritual Babylon. Revelation 17 describes Babylon as a harlot who has left her true love, Jesus Christ. She rides on a scarlet-coloured beast, representing her political power. Rather than deriving her authority and power from Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life, and his word, Babylon derives its authority and power from the kingdoms of this world, while depending on human wisdom and on human leaders to determine divine truth. She administers a cup, a wine cup, full of strange doctrines. Just as literal wine affects conscience, reason and judgment, false doctrines affect our thinking so that we cannot clearly discern Bible truth. The second characteristic of spiritual Babylon is that she is the centre of all idolatry. Idols were common in the time of ancient Babylonian worship and continue to be used and venerated by spiritual Babylon to this day, whereas Jesus calls us to worship him directly, not through an idol as a substitute for him. But before we start our panel discussion, let's begin with a word of prayer. And I'd like to ask... Um, Lidia, if she would uh, pray for us.
3: Yes, sure. Our dear Father in heaven, we're coming before you to honour and glorify your holy, almighty, majestic and wonderful name. In the name of Jesus, your beloved Son and our beloved Saviour, Father, thank you so much for your care and everything we receive from your gracious hand. Please receive us as we remain in your holy presence. Please bless us with an abundance of your Holy Spirit, divine light as we study from your holy word about a city called Confusion. Help us to understand the symbols and meanings, the contrast and the conflict between truth and error in Revelation 12 and 17, and also about the true and false teachings, doctrine and practice, the corruption of evil nature that leads to destruction. Father, please teach us and help us to learn how to protect ourselves from bad influences, to depend only on you and not on ourselves. Help us to respond to your urgent appeal of commitment released to us in the book of Revelation, for in the end to be found um, in your church that will triumph in at the end. Thank you that you care for us and for your people. We are your people. And thank you for not letting us in darkness. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.
4: Mm, Amen. Yes, thank you, Lidia. We certainly do need the guidance of the Holy Spirit, don't we, in uh, in unpacking all the symbols and uh, and and really trying to find out what the Bible teaches about this uh, city called Confusion, Brenton. As mentioned in the introduction, uh, we're dealing with the symbolism of two women here: one yes. clothed with the sun in Revelation twelve, and the other dressed in scarlet in Revelation seventeen. So, how do we know that a woman? In biblical prophecy refers to the church and can you give examples from both the old and new testament that confirm this
1: yes we can um, jerry we can start by uh, dealing with uh, um, the book of genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 uh, where when adam and eve sinned god said to satan who was speaking through the serpent i will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed. Now, it's interesting that right back at the the start when mankind fell, the illustration um, Eve was the woman who fell and deceived her husband as well. Israel became God's special people, and in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 6 and verse 2, God calls his people, he says, I liken them to a comely and delicate woman. Now, when you go conversely to the New Testament, to Ecclesiastes, um, Ecclesiastes, Ephesians 5, um, Paul takes a significant amount of time between verse 22 and 25 to talk about the relationship between a husband and his wife. And it is based on Christ's relationship with the church. The church is portrayed as a woman. And he starts off by saying this, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. What I find interesting about that whole section, and it relates to our study today, is the relationship It says a little bit further down in verse 25, that Christ is the head of the church, and the church is described as a woman. It's an intimate relationship, Jerry. And what sin did is it broke that intimate relationship where God walked with Adam and Eve. Here in Ephesians 5, Paul is saying the relationship Christ wishes to have with his church, symbolised by a woman, is the most intimate relationship, even greater than that between a husband and wife. I think mm. that's something very good for us to take into our study today.
4: Mm. Thank you, Brenton. I think we'll also find as we go through this Study together that the Bible actually uh, interprets itself. We've said that many times before. Yes. So we find the keys uh, to the interpretation in the Bible itself. So we're left with no uncertainty as to what these symbols actually mean. Thank you, Brenton. Now, Len, Brenton has just given us some solid biblical reasons to believe that a woman, prophetically speaking, refers to a, to a spiritual identity. Ident- can you? Uh, how far back in history can you go to find evidence? Of the two women's existence Where does it all start?
5: Well as far as this earth is concerned It started right back Just after Adam and Eve were evicted From the Garden of Eden And um, they had two sons of course There was Cain and Abel Now Abel His worship was acceptable to God But Cain, who did it his own way, Frank Sinatra could relate to that, I'll do it my way, Uh, his worship was not accepted. And we can go right through, If you can read right through the Bible and you will find the same sort of thing. There are opposites in worship. I think of Queen Jezebel, Ahab's wife. She worshiped false gods, idols, and things like that, and then I think of Hannah, who worshipped God from the very heart. She was very sincere. God has his people throughout all ages, and uh, that's true to this very day. There's true worship, and there's false worship. You might think what how how do you describe false worship? Well, we should worship God because he is the creator, he is the redeemer. But other people worship other things, and Revelation 13 is a really interesting chapter because worship is an issue that um, is very important, particularly in these last times. I just want to read one verse, Revelation 13 verse 8, talking about Our times and the times not far ahead of us Says all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb Now the beast Basically without getting too involved Represents He who is in opposition to God Motivated by the devil So this Business of true worship and false worship has gone throughout history, continues on and will continue until the Lord puts an end of all things. And I suppose we need to warn people that there are worship systems out there, and I'll go further than that. I'll say churches that are false. They teach a false doctrine. In actual fact, they're probably worshipping a false god. But I don't want to get too wrapped up in that today. What is God's ultimate plan for humanity? Well, God's ultimate plan is the same plan he had right at the beginning, that mankind should have eternal life and honour God as our creator. That plan has never changed in in the sense of what God would like. What's changed is man. And we are called to worship God in spirit and in truth. And then there's a false system of worship. And behind it all is Satan.
4: Yes, thank you, Len. Uh, You've mentioned the word worship. Many times in your explanation, and I think really that is in, that's the essence, isn't it? Um, and we'll be looking at that. I, I'm reminded of when uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, the second temptation. Uh, if I can just read a, a verse from Luke, uh, it, it says there that, um, that Satan took Jesus, he took him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and it, in a moment of time, And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me and I will give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And notice what Jesus says in his answer. Jesus answered him and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And that's very significant, isn't it? Because uh, we talk about two contrasting systems, but really it's about worship. Who has the authority to be worshipped? Who alone deserves our praise and adoration? And worship is something that you do for a deity, isn't it? Worship and reverence. Lydia, I have a question for you. How are these two contrasting systems, you could almost say systems of worship, compared and described in the book of Revelation?
3: Uh, Jerry as you mentioned before this contrast is between two religious systems symbolized by two women so a woman in white in revelation 12 and the woman in scarlet in revelation 17 so the contrast reveals the differences between these two systems so the first one is based on the word of god and with jesus at its center and the second one based on the human reasoning but in with this Two women, that symbolizes in Revelation 12, 1, uh focuses on the woman clothed with the sun. So she is faithful, she is uh, spiritually undefiled, it, which it means doctrinally pure. And in verse 17 says that uh, although she is persecuted by the dragon, which is the devil, she keeps the commandments of God and has the testimony of Jesus. In Revelation 17, verse 14 says that those are with the lamb, so the woman clothed with the sun, which these people are called chosen and faithful. The other woman is described in Revelation 17, verse 1, as the great harlot who sits on many waters and makes the inhabitants of the earth drunk with the wine of her fornication. And she is clothed in purple and scarlet. She has a name written on her forehead. Uh, and in Revelation 17, verse 5, a Mystery Babylon the Great and the mother of harlots and of the abomination of the earth. So this woman... Or this symbol of a religious system is declared by the second angels of Revelation 14 verse 8 to be fallen. So one could say that rejected by God because of her corruption and apostasy and destined to suffer God's wrath.
4: Thank you, Lydia. That's, that's interesting when I hear you uh, give us that description. Now I must say, if, if I was reading this for the very first time, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. So uh, we need to have a closer look and see if we can analyze this description. And, um, I mean, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, what does that symbolize? Uh, and also, of course, the uh, the opposite, the, uh, the contrasting woman, scarlet woman and the scarlet beast, uh, a woman arrayed in purple and scarlet and with precious stones and pearls a golden cup full of abominations, of the filthiness, of the fornication, all this sort of stuff, if I read that for the first time, that makes not much sense to me. But um, as, as we said before, the Bible gives its own answers to all these symbols. And Denise, I'll be very interested in um, analysing the description and characteristics of these two women, and, and particularly the woman dressed in purple and scarlet, who Lydia, uh, Lydia has just talk, talked about. Uh, let's have a look at some of these identifying marks. Uh, what does it mean that she's described as the mother of Harlas? That's another symbol that's very interesting, that she sits on many waters, that she's drunk with the blood of martyrs.
2: As we've seen from Lidge's um, discussion of the the two women, this is the second woman, the one dressed in purple and scarlet. Now, so she's um, a very powerful apostate religion now I looked up the word apostate and it means someone who rejects the um, God and his and the Bible Um, so this is a church uh, that is a religion but also a state power now it says that she's the mother of harlots so she's the most influential of churches and she has daughters that means there are other churches who follow her teachings. And uh, the fact that she sits on many waters is a symbol of the of that she influences the whole world, uh, world leaders, people, uh, different countries, languages. Uh, the next part was that she's drunk with the blood of martyrs. So because she's a religious state power and she has authority to infer in, forced death decrees against people who follow Jesus. So drunk with the blood, that means she's been responsible for the killing of many people who are the true followers of Jesus and the Bible.
0: Yes, indeed. My dear friend listening today, uh, this is very interesting as we mentioned, a few very uh, maybe not so familiar words. Babylon, we are talking about confusion. And I'd like you to <laughs> offer a book which we have prepared for you today. And this is the Great Controversy Countdown. It's a Bible study, and uh, you could follow up these aspects, which we're talking about here in more detail, and learn what that means. Confusion, Babylon, who's uh, referring to, what sort of church, because when we say about church, um we mean people. We mean... Uh, those who are following God or don't follow God, I would like you to have this book, and you just need to send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight three one, and the code for this book is S A B one.
4: Brenton, I saw your hand.
1: Yes, there's a couple of things here. Denise and lydia covered this aspect fairly well. Can I go back just to the word mystery? which is found in Revelation 17. Did you know that the papal mitre that the Pope wears used to have that title on it? It was Mysterium, which is the same as mystery.
6: Hmm.
1: Now, the Protestant reformers, who were great Bible students, identified as a result of that, that the papal system was the beast that it was being referred to there. So Pope Julius had that, removed from uh, the crown that the Pope wore. What I would suggest, uh, Nick has suggested that people might like to research this further. I think if you do, you'll find who wears purple and scarlet. You'll find that the papal system and those working in it wear purple and scarlet. That is their colours. And also the jewellery issue. All of that can be researched. All of that can be discovered and I, I would like to add my words to what Nick has said—that if people choose to put in for this great controversy set of lessons, they will find some very, very interesting things about how we can identify the, the corrupt system that we're talking about here.
5: I think I need to repeat something that uh, Branton has said, or to reiterate. Many people have asked over the years who or what fits all these descriptions. Brenton used the word papacy. Papacy refers to Pope. And he also said, and I'm just adding my two bobs worth here, that those identifying factors best uh, describe the papal system the the Roman Catholic system of religion and belief, because one of the issues is, and the Catholic Church is quite clear on this, they say you cannot be saved outside of the Catholic Church, which is opposite to what the uh, Protestant Reformers revealed from the Scriptures. I'd like to talk a little bit more about this later on. But the beast here referred to in Revelation almost certainly refers to the papacy, the the papal system.
4: Indeed, in the introduction I said that Revelation 17 describes Babylon as a harlot who has left her true love, Jesus Christ. With that in mind, when we think of other world religions like Hinduism and Buddhism, And Islam. Were they ever pure? Were they ever, uh, did they ever believe their first true love, Jesus Christ? If the answer is no, then we can't be talking about any one of those. Um, and I think it's very significant, as you mentioned, Lynn, that we have all these identifying marks, very specific, listed in the book of Daniel and repeated and enlarged in Revelation 17 and 13. And twelve, and they all point in one direction. So I think it's very important and very significant that that God wants us to be very clear who we're dealing with here. And not only that, there's, uh, you know, the, the the Roman Catholic Church is is often considered as the mother church, mother, and the apostate churches, if you like, as her daughters that have gone their separate ways. I think we need to take notice of that as well. There are some really strong indicators as to who we're talking about and um, and again, as often mentioned, we're not, you know, God loves all people but um, there are corrupt systems and God's people can be found in all these systems and we'll talk about that a little bit further as we go along
1: I just wanted to add uh, a little further to what Len said Len indicated there are a number of characteristics now. One of the things that um, I feel is important for our listeners to take on board is this. If you Google the issue of um, do Christians today believe in the Bible and the Bible only, which I did the other day, I simply Googled it online and I came to the, 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 um, the Catholic answer to this, which I found very interesting. They indicated in there very clearly that Protestants consider that we consider that we use the Bible and the Bible only, also known as sola scriptura. I think those of us who are Protestants understand that. Catholics do not, do not deny the inerrancy of the Bible. What they do say though is that the church is the one who interprets the Bible. And in addition, to what the scriptures teach, tradition is also important. Now, the system that we're talking about in our lesson, lesson study or our Bible study today, and probably will in the future, is the difference between do we follow what Jesus alone has uh, asked us to do, or do we follow that plus what we think is important as well? Because that's the, the basis of this corrupt system that has the wine of babylon the wine of babylon makes people as we've already discussed it makes them confused if they follow the bible and you've stated it jerry earlier on you stated that the bible interprets itself well if you come to the bible with the right attitude with a prayerful careful and humble attitude the Bible does interpret itself. It doesn't require a church or an individual or a theological leader to interpret it for you. It, uh, God can speak directly to you through the Holy Spirit if you ask him and say, Lord, I want to learn the truth and I want to learn
4: it just from your word. Absolutely. Thank you, Brenton. And, and yes, God wants us to know what is truth and the truth steps us free. It clears it all up. And what a wonderful thing that is. Now, Joe... What can you tell the listeners about historical Babylon and why it's used in the Bible as a symbol of a corrupt religious institution that engages in warfare against God and his people? Why does the name written on the foreheads of this system uh, start with the word mystery?
7: i start by saying that Babylon is first found in Genesis 10 in the table of nations. Here Moses' traces the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. You might remember from previous readings that when they came out of the ark after the flood, God instructed them to be fruitful and increase their number and fill the earth, basically spread out, populate, and prosper. Now, Ham had a grandson whose name was Nimrod who thought otherwise. The Bible says that he was a mighty hunter before God or against God. Genesis records the rebellion led by Nimrod in chapter 10.10 of Genesis. The rebellion is seen as their attempt at building a city and a tower that would reach to heaven high in the sky. In so doing, they were not seeking to be close to God or seeking to develop a closer relationship with their maker. They were seeking to be God or take his place. They didn't believe God. They were going to be masters of their own destiny And this was in defiance and rejection of God's direct orders, as we've already mentioned. The very spirit of rebellion seen before the flood was back in force and to prevent further arrogance and the sins which it leads to, God confused the people's language and they dispersed. Now, it was called the Tower of Babel, which in Hebrew meant confusion or to confuse. And this was the beginning of Babylon as a city which throughout scripture symbolized the HQ of working against God or in opposition to God as well as the enemy of God's people. And it continued to exist in one way or another until eventually it morphed into something horrifying. The Bible uses very strong language to describe its opposition to God and its role in bringing confusion into the minds of people, especially at the end of time. Hence the strong pleadings and warnings about not becoming intoxicated with the lies that she herself is drunk on. We must remember that this entity channels and is masterfully used and speaks for the devil. And this goes all the way back to the war in heaven. And the Tower of Babel was just a symptom of the problem, and that is this rebellion and opposition to God, defiance of God. And not only does it go all the way back to the war in heaven, but now the final scenes are being played out on earth as it is portrayed in Revelation.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. It's good to have that background on, uh, knowledge, isn't it? But that fills in a lot of uh, gaps. Now, Ken, uh, Satan could be considered a very keen Bible student with a very comprehensive knowledge of Scripture, not because he loves the Word, but because this knowledge enables him to twist the Scriptures and in such a way as to deceive and confuse the masses and make them believe the very opposite to what the Bible is actually teaching. He knows better than anyone what's coming, that we're living in the time of judgment, and that his time to take down as many as he can with him is really rapidly coming to an end. God doesn't want the inhabitants of the world in a state of confusion. And he sends out a final call. What is that call? And what's Satan's response?
6: Well, Jerry, as we have mentioned in previous studies, we're looking at Matthew 24 and verse 14, where it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Satan, as you know, or Satan, as you said, knows what is coming and knows there will be a people who will follow God and keep his commandments, including the fourth commandment, to worship God on his day, which is Saturday. Satan wants to destroy these people, but knows they will not give up their faith. So he employs men to set up a false religion with a powerful leader who will make all the kings of the earth follow his ways, causing the church and the state to unite and bring in laws that will force people to worship on his day, which is Sunday. We read about this in Revelation 14 and 6 to 12. Ragan stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on its horns, and on each one a blasphemous name. We do not have time to get into all these details today, but the scripture is talking about Europe and the Roman Catholic Church. All the early reformers identified back in the Dark Ages, including Martin Luther, John Calvin, and John Fox and many others. Again we read in Revelation 13 and 1 and I stood on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. It's a very deep and complex and interesting uh, verses here but it's clearly identifying that the Roman Catholic system is this beast and is going to impose laws in the last days on all people around the world. And the ones that will be impacted the most by these laws are the true followers of Christ, Christians who have the faith of Jesus and keep his commandments.
4: Mm, Indeed. Yeah, I find it just very interesting that um, that Satan... Reaches this climax of confusion, as it were, in the world. And look at the world we live in today. Aren't people confused? They, you know, they, they don't even recognize who they are anymore. You know, I, I mean i say this perhaps somewhat flippantly, but we used to say a person, this guy doesn't know whether he's Arthur or Martha. And, uh, you could almost take that literally. One day you're Arthur, next day you're Martha. Um, but that, but you can see that in many ways, can't you? People just, have lost their way completely. There's no, how can I say, if you, if you step away from a, um, an objective truth, the, the absolute authority of God's word, then you make it up as you go along. And that's a recipe for confusion. But, it, and, and the goalposts keep on being extended and changed. And, and there's no, there's no certainty about anything anymore. And that plays into Satan's hands, isn't it? This confusion, this model of confusion, and, and God doesn't want people to be confused. That's why he sends his three angels' messages in Revelation 14, a very definite call, a final call, to worship God and keep his commandments. So Nick, question for you. What does it mean where the Bible says in Revelation 17, verse 2, that the kings of the earth have committed fornication with the great harlot, and were made drunk with the wine of the fornication? What final attempt does God make to lift the lid off all this deception?
0: Yes, Jerry, that's a very uh, good question. And uh, indeed, when you look in the Bible, in the, in the book of Revelation, describing in detail and in the language that we can really look at and compare with the state and morality of uh, this institution, let's put it this way. I would love, uh, maybe as you pointed out to the verse two in the, in the um, chapter 17 of Revelation, I would like also maybe to look briefly at uh, chapter 18, uh, verses one to four. I may just read a couple of verses from this section, but uh, my dear friend listening today is worth it to look into these uh, chapters and compare. In verse 3, for example, in uh, chapter 18, verse 3, it says, pretty much similar like in uh, chapter 17, for the nations have fallen because of the wine of passionate immorality. I'm reading from New Living Translation here. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Interesting that it's mentioning here, Her, what did we say a bit earlier before that a woman represents a church, and he says uh, further on because of her desires of extravagancy or luxury. We just mentioned that. Look, it's easy to pick up who's uh, putting on the show uh, in that regard, and he says here the merchants of the world have grown rich. And in verse 4, it's a great invitation here. It says here, Then I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her. Come out of her, my people. Do not take part in her sins. Satan is enraged that the gospel will be proclaimed to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And this is why he is working on the counterfeit. you know, to place some doubts, to play some new theology, if you like, an understanding of the Bible. The symbolism of the pure juice of the grape is used throughout the uh, New Testament to represent untainted, pure blood of Jesus Christ poured out for our salvation on the cross. And Jesus says, I mean, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. When the pure new wine of the gospel is distorted and the teachings of the word of God are replaced with the teachings of human religious leaders, it becomes the wine of Babylon. Elijah,
4: we've just been hearing from uh revelation 18 uh, verse 2 where it says uh, and he cried with a mighty loud voice saying babylon the great is fallen is fallen and so forth and yet in verse 4 it says and i heard another voice from heaven saying come out of her my people lest you should share in her sins and lest you receive of her plague so clearly god in his mercy is calling my people his people out of this uh, Babylonian system. So, where are they actually to be found? Can they be found anywhere, or how do you see that?
3: Yes, Jerry. As you said that in uh, Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, it says, God's invitation, come out of her, my people. So God refers here to his people to come out of the Babylon, come out of the apostate church. In other words, no matter how corrupt and evil the system is, his faithful ones, his people, are called by him to come out. Mm -hmm. So the time is coming when God will call people out of the that corrupt and evil system, which is about to fall because of its corrupt and evil nature, uh, and this dwelling place of demons and cage for every unclean and hated bird and God invites and extends his salvation to everyone everyone is included no matter of color of skin or language spoken the invitation we can find it in john chapter uh, 3 verse 16 which it says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Mm -hmm. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever Mm -hmm. believes in him is not condemned. So God's people are found everywhere no matter of language spoken, no matter of color of skin, whoever believes in him and accepts his love and worship him will be called his people.
4: Excellent. Thank you very much. I wish we could talk about that a bit further, but um, as often, uh, time is the enemy, so we have to keep on keeping on. Um, Brenton, what other defining characteristics does spiritual Babylon have?
1: Well, certainly we've touched on the issue of A tradition, uh, Jerry. I just want to read something, though, to give you some idea. This backs up what Joe was saying earlier on, and I'm going back to Genesis 11, verse 4. The people who built the Tower of Babel, this is what they actually said. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top uh, is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. So not only were they in rebellion against God, but um, they had actually put themselves, as Joe I think, mentioned in the place of God. One of the defining characteristics, so I believe, of spiritual Babylonism, and we've touched on it in various ways in the study so far, is the reliance on tradition and the teachings of man. And I went to John chapter 16, Jerry, and had a look at that, and it said that when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, if we want to know the truth, and the truth is found in God's word, it's the Holy Spirit's role to reveal to us the truth of the gospel. It's not the role of a prelate or a, um, a theological leader. It's the role of the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us in the Scriptures. Now, if you have a combination of the Scriptures and tradition, what will ultimately happen is that tradition will take precedence over the Scriptures themselves. How does confusion come about? It's pretty simple. The wine of Babylon is is based on the fact that people these days, and you know, and that our panel members know that many people these days get their spiritual food from YouTube or from uh, um, Facebook or from various other things rather than studying the word of God for themselves. There's a comment here that I thought summed it up pretty well, Jerry. It says, in essence, spiritual Babylon represents a religious or a religion based on human teachings established on human ideas and supported by human traditions. Mm. It is a form of human-made religion built by perhaps brilliant human religious leaders, but it stands in opposition to the power of the gospel and the church that Jesus built. A church built on love, not on violence. In summary, the false teaching, I believe, denies the role of the Holy Spirit in revealing Jesus to people. And therefore, because they're hearing this voice and that voice and they watch this TV program and that TV program and this YouTube channel and that YouTube channel, I know people in this category and they are thoroughly confused. Go back to the word of God. Ask God to open your mind by the Holy Spirit and reveal what he wants you to do, what he wants you to believe direct from the word of God.
4: Where do the two opposing systems receive their power from? If they're each other's opposites, well, then they can't be built on the same foundation. And how has this developed historically over the last 2,000 years?
5: The pure woman representing God's true church or his true people, I just heard Brenton saying, through the Holy Spirit. I couldn't agree any more. The false church, perhaps a little bit more complex but I think, in the short answer is, the false church gets its power from the devil himself. After all, he opposed God right in the beginning, back in heaven. Now, I'd just like to add something. Uh, Brenton was talking about this word confusion." You know, we have the Bible. If you stick to the Bible. You have all that is needed for salvation You can learn there of the gracious God Who saves us by his grace But some of the other things That have been dragged into the worship systems are Like uh, you have to do this And you have to do that And you have to do the other thing That Is supposed to gain you salvation Well that's not true And this is what was revealed In the 1500s and earlier And later Uh, 1500s is probably The turning point Where the Protestant reformers Who read the Bible Many of whom were uh, Roman Catholic people Before that Let it be known To the world That we are saved By grace through the, it's the gift of God. It's not what we do. And this was, of course, in opposition to the worldwide church at that time, the uh, Roman Catholic church. It dominated for roughly a thousand years. So the conflict is over God and Satan. The same conflict has continued right down through the ages. It exists right now. Where did the opposing systems get their power? The true church, God's true believers from God. The false church. Well, it's quite obvious it gets its power from the, from the devil. Now I have in my hand, as I'm speaking, a book that was given to me once called The Secret Terrorists. It's written by a chap by the name of Bill Hughes, published by the Truth Triumphant Organization in 2002. That book horrified me of some of the things that go on in order to promote the false church. Now, this book has not been the most popular book, but if you can get your hands on it, it'll... uh, Enlighten you a lot It's called The Secret Terrorists By Bill Hughes So We are still Living in an age of conflict It's the conflict Between God's true church And the false church Which boils down to the Conflict between good and evil Which boils down to the conflict Between Christ And Satan
0: and my dear friend uh, today, um, yeah, you can uh, grab that book also we then mentioned, but we are very happy to offer you today, uh, the great controversy countdown. If you request this uh, study guide, you'll be able to learn more about what we are talking about here today. Please send a text message with the code SAB1 to zero four triple eight eight zero eight three one.
4: Now, Denise, ultimately the great controversy or or conflict, if you like, between the two contrasting systems that has been raging for centuries and even millennia has to come to a final clash. Where in the Bible do we read about this? And, and do we, and what do we know about the outcome? And, and is there a, like an example or a type of this final life and death confrontation recorded in the Old Testament?
2: Yes, Jerry. Um, in Revelation 13 there's a reference to uh, the beast and what he's going to do at the end of time. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. And when we um, think of this idea of worshipping this image that the beast has set up, this is about false worship and worshipping on uh, a, a day that this um, religious organization, this apostate church, adheres to, which is the worship of Sunday. So the final conflict is going to be about worship. Um, the true, that God's true believers who are in Babylon are called out of this false system to leave her before it's too late. Um, we also know that this um, church and um, state system is going to persecute God's people who keep the true Sabbath. So when the Sunday law is enforced and the death decree is called on those who worship God, uh, we know that the final clash over worship is beginning. Um, now, we know too that there are stories in the Old Testament that refer to this, and we're, we're reminded of the story of Esther, where Mordecai refused to bow down to Haman. He was commanded to bow down to Haman and to worship him and Mordecai, who was a, um, a Jewish uh, man, refused to do this and he was threatened with death and so were his people and they were only saved by Esther's intervention. We also have the type, um, another story that typifies this in Daniel 3, where the three Hebrews who refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue and worship it um, were thrown into the fiery furnace and they, um, they were rescued by God. Haman, uh, sorry, Mordecai was rescued through Esther's intervention and we are going to be rescued, God's faithful followers, Um, Because of our faithfulness as well And that's referred to in uh, Revelation 19 Where it says um, After the beast has been destroyed Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God For true and just are his judgments He has condemned the great prostitute Who corrupted the earth by her adulteries He has avenged on her the blood of his servants
4: Now Joe, I have a final question for you Uh, It's not wise to intervene in a confrontation between two women unless of course you're in a relationship with one of them and isn't that in fact precisely what's happening here in the final conflict that all people living on planet earth will face will there be any fence sitters or or people who simply don't want to get involved
7: mm. well that's a very good question um jerry because I, you know, couldn't we just be spectators? That would be lovely, wouldn't it? But the, not from the scenarios that are portrayed in Revelation. Um, and we're all dream- drawn in. Each and every person alive has to make a decision where they will stand. Will they be intimidated and coerced because of fear of punishment by a system? or seduced into worship, which is obedience of the beast in its image. And the Bible tells us that the dragon was hurled. We know that he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him, and his mission is to lead the whole world astray. And we know that um, from other scripture that, and I saw that one of his heads, as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Notice the word all, and the question comes in verse 4 of the same chapter, Revelation 13. Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And then verse 8, and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him. And then it says later, it says, and he exercises all power and causes the earth and them which dwell into worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. So, and then in 16, he causes all, both great and small. This is clearly a coercive power which no one dares challenge. Um, we have to, we have this sharp contest for the hearts and minds of those who live on the earth and each and every one of us has to make a decision. Satan is really behind this and he will fight it to the bitter end. The two women are in spiritual combat combat and at times it appears that the wicked one is winning, but it is not so. The pure women, all those whose names are written in the book of life, those who are faithful unto the end, win in the end. Good wins in the end. God wins. No matter how might it look on, on the ground, some of God's people may be trapped in Babylon and that is why God calls them out and we can take heart. There is hope for all. You and I decide which camp we want to be in. Everyone gets to decide. We decide if our names are written in the book of life. Whom shall we worship? Shall I worship the true God or an imposter?
4: Amen. Our uh, Listeners, I, I wish we could have another hour or two to uh, talk about this. There's so much in it. And um, I want to thank you for tuning in and joining us today for our Bible study. We've covered a lot of ground in a very short space of time, and, and we hope we've been able to clarify and make sense of the symbols found in chapters 12, 13, 14, and 17, especially of, of Revelation, that deal with the two women of Bible prophecy. We must reach a point in our lives where we, like Joshua, can say, Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We could say, Choose for yourself this day whom you will worship. The choice will determine our eternal destination. So be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, be faithful unto death, says the Lord, and I will give you a crown of life. The invitation is to all people, to all people in the Catholic Church and in all the, all the churches of Christianity, but also of the people in other world religions. God loves all people and he's calling people to worship him, to come out and worship him, to leave Babylon behind. So Nick, I'd like to ask if you could lead us in a word of prayer as we close.
0: Yes, Judy. And, um, just before I uh, close with a prayer, I would like to remind our listener again that uh, you can have this book, uh, The Great Controversy Countdown. It's a wonderful uh, study guide and you'll be able to learn much more about what we were talking today. Please send us a text message with the code SAB1 to Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to open the Bible again and to study your word. We have everything what we need in your word, not to be deceived. Please help us to know your word, to understand it, to apply it in our life, and not to go by the tradition of men, not to go by the teachings of men, but to go by your word. Thank you for uh, being with us today through this uh, very interesting uh, study. Help us, Lord, to continue to um, serve you, and to know you more and more. We pray this in Jesus' name.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, panel, thank you so much for uh, your time today. Indeed, we uh, could have go uh, much more, but uh, we are inviting you, my dear friend, uh, to join us again for the next study. It will be a very important one. We are going to talk about Satan's final deception. You'll want to hear uh, about that. And uh, please join us again next time. Until then, may God richly bless you and um, help you to walk in the footsteps of Jesus.